I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. It's about embracing three things mostly, coziness, contentment, and meaningful connections. Wanting to be a place of gathering, I also didn't want to be traumatic for my children. (laughs) We've all seen the videos and the memes of mom just like running around crazy. And, you know, I want our home to be neat and welcoming But I also am not worried if you come over and there's dishes in my sink and, you know, my bathroom isn't perfectly wiped down. It's okay. And inviting huga and gatherings into your home, it's not ultimately about entertaining. It's about just being together. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home. And what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. Welcome to the Motherhood Podcast. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and I am so excited for today's episode. Today we have the Huga Master herself. She's the founder of the Huga Gathering. Kim Morrison. So Kim, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you, Michelle, for having me on. I'm excited to be here with you. Kim and I had a conversation before recording this episode, and it was so good. And I learned so much. And we were kind of joking that we wish we had recorded that for you guys. (laughs) Um, But I've put together just some questions that I think kind of capture our discussion, because this was something that was so new for me. And I know that there's so many moms listening that 
Um, we love the idea of having cozy homes and gatherings and these things we can do with our kids to create um, memories for them and just this feeling of togetherness, like you say. But I never knew there was a thing or a way or like the way I could be more intentional about it. So super excited for what we're going to be able to share today. Um, but before we get started, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and then what Huga is <laughs> before yeah. we kind of jump into the nitty-gritty. So your feedback of um, not knowing that this was a thing about togetherness and coziness that is so common that when I start sharing with people with what Huga is, they're like, wow, that a lot of times it just gives language to something that they desire or it gives language to something they're already doing. And that was um, my experience of coming to Huga. It was a little bit of both. Um, so I am a mom of two boys and they are now eight and almost six. Our little one's just about ready to turn six. And I knew coming out of my childhood experience that I wanted to do um, childhood a little bit differently than my than what I had gone through. And I wanted it to be something um, that, you know, my with intentionality, I think our generation um, is already more attuned to that. Um, but I didn't know what that looked like. And as a first time mom, you're just trying to survive. Yes. And it was after the birth of our second that I went through a really hard time of postpartum depression. Mm. And it actually became postpartum psychosis and I was hospitalized. I went to a fantastic place, um, at UNC, and um, they had a special unit just for treatment of postpartum depression. And the thing that I learned um, out of that experience of being hospitalized is that when you are released, you are not better. Um, you are stable enough to go home. Wow. And that journey really became the like the the starting ground for my own experience of healing and how that would flow into approaching motherhood with more intentionality. And so it was really, um, you know, the first two years of my youngest son's life were just really difficult. And it truly was survival mode and trying to put myself back together. Mm -hmm. And as I was transitioning to his second birthday, that is the quote unquote, end of the postpartum period, I just felt like there was still something more. Um, and so it was along that path that I discovered and learned about Huga. And I just felt this deep connection with my soul that, oh, that's what I want to do for myself. And it's what I want to do for our family. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as moms and maybe Michelle, I think this is what you speak to in, um, your coaching and your podcast. We have this vision of motherhood that we want to nurture and care well for our children. There's kind of like that burning desire. And that's definitely um, how Huga connects to our family and um, helps us to, helps me to chart that path of intentionality. We as moms, we set the mood, we set the temperature for our homes. And that is the kind of home that I want for my family. And I think it's what a lot of moms and families want. They want harmony, they want togetherness, and they want home to be a sanctuary. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that. 
I know I have friends who have older kids and their home is always a place like when I go there, they're like, all the kids are there, like high schoolers, mm-hmm. like over for dinner, the table's overflowing. And it's like, yeah. that's kind of what I'm picturing when you're telling me about this. It's just like mm-hmm. a, the place where people want to be because they feel the love and they feel that connection and that coziness. Um, beautiful. That's com- completely. Yeah. Um, I had an aunt that her home was like that. And every time I went over there, I thought, oh, this is what I want to do. I felt so inspired by the way she was um, building her family and creating that that home of relational intimacy. And they had three girls, but they always had many more kids <laughs> that were in their home. And it was messy, but it was a home of warmth and love. I love that. Yeah. And as moms, you're right. We, whether we have a name for it or not, or like a label for it or not, it's what we all want. And mm-hmm. I love that you can help teach us today how we can incorporate that more. You were telling me before we started recording last time too, the maybe consumerism has gotten into Huga a little bit because you saw, I think it was like a crate and barrel ad or something. <laughs> right. Um, and it's like, you were telling me, it's like, it's more than just cozy, bl- big knit blankets or like having a fireplace. So it, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but just tell us like maybe the origin of Huga and what you know, big picture it really is before we kind of break down as moms, what we can do to incorporate it. Sure, sure. Um, So Huga is a Danish word, and it most closely translates to cozy. It's something you do. And the way that we've Americanized it, though, is we think of it just as a cozy aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And you're right, you'll see it in crate and barrel ads, you'll start seeing it in your email coming, you know, cozy season is upon us. You know, fall, winter is what most people associate with Huga, but really it's a way of life. Um, So it originates in Denmark. It's a Danish way of life. And it's not even something that they really talk about. It's just the way they live. And it's about embracing three things, mostly coziness, contentment, and meaningful connections. This looks like savoring the simple everyday ordinary parts of life and belonging to the moment and to each other. You know, it kind of overlaps, I say, with mindfulness. It's like cozy mindfulness for the soul. And the belonging to the moment, I think of as something that it makes very personal, very personal experience for Huga. I started practicing Huga principles in my own life. And from there, then I can share it with my children. Because sometimes when people say, well, just be present in the moment. Like, I don't know how to do that. I think it's, yeah. And especially as moms, we're like, be present in the moment. Well, who's going to remember this, 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 and this, you know, we've got all these boxes open. But when I think about, I want to belong to the moment and I want to belong to the moment with my children, with friends, it kind of takes on like this invitation that I get to be invited to the moment. And it helps um, kind of relax, you know, like. <sighs> I love that. Um, and I love and I'm grateful that you're bold in sharing your postpartum story and that journey and how you kind of say that Huga kind of found you because mm-hmm. it really is important as moms that we have meaningful connection with our kids and, and families, I think, within this like way that we create this cozy togetherness, but also broader than that, right? Like we need a community. Mm-hmm. We, we need to have connection with other women and other moms. 
Um, it's so important for, I think, so many parts of our health. Yes, very much so. Um, something that I wanted for my children is I wanted to demonstrate what it meant for our home to be a place of gathering. Okay. Um, that, on, that speaks like what you just said. It speaks to my wellness. Um, I, when um, I was just trying to survive through postpartum depression, we had a, a postpartum doula that would come and help. And one of the things she said is she said, I'm not just here for you. I'm here to support your whole family. And I think about, um, I think about her words and something else that she shared is she's like, if this had been 50, 60, 70 years ago, every neighbor on this street would be bringing you meals and popping in. And we just lived in a time where there really was that support from your community and your community was local. Mm -hmm. And today, so many of us, we live far apart from our families, from um, our place of origin. And so um, there's a lot of pressure that falls on us as parents to create this mm -hmm. for ourselves. And so one of the things I wanted us to be a place of gathering, a place where people could come. And I wanted my children to know that like our home was going to be open to their friends. It's open to our neighbors. And so one of the things that one of the ways we do this practically is we just invite. It sounds really oversimplified, but um, a lot of people do not like to host. I am one of those weird friends that's like, come, <laughs> come on over. Um, I'm happy to have you. Now in that, that does not mean that my house needs to look perfectly clean or curated. Oh, good, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I, in wanting to be a place of gathering, I also didn't want to be traumatic for my children. <laughs> We've all seen the videos and the memes of mom just like running around crazy. Yes. And, you know, I want our home to be neat and welcoming, but I also am not worried if you come over and there's dishes in my sink and, you know, my bathroom isn't perfectly wiped down. It's okay. And the thing is, is that you think about when you or I are a guest in someone's house, we're not going over there to pick their homes apart. Oh, we're not. Yeah. We're just happy to be there. And so to think about giving that to ourselves and letting go of um, hosting and gathering and inviting comes with this expectation of perfection. Mm. And, you know, it's not that huga um, and inviting huga and gatherings into your home. It's not ultimately about entertaining. It's about just being together. It's oh, beautiful. I love that. It's it's more uh, authentic connection mm -hmm. because then you don't have this veneer of everything's always perfect here. I can I feel so much more connected to people when I go to their house and I'm like, wow, there's dog hair all over <laughs> their couch too, or there's Barbie toys all over their living room too. It, it's more of just doing life together rather than like yes. a produced event or something, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. I feel like that's such a good reminder. We have to tuck that one away as women, <laughs> just like. It's true. I just want to say it again and again, like take the pressure off. No one's expecting you to show up in a certain way. We just need mm -hmm. to connect. Yeah. And when we are able to relax into that, I think about just the opportunity to be together with people and connect, like you said, authentically mm -hmm. and connect in meaningful ways. 
that door is just kind of thrown open. Something that I talk about is inviting at the last minute, being spontaneous in your invitation. You know, you find that as you get on this path of having a family and all the responsibilities that come with it, you know, the joke is that we'll schedule it on the calendar in (laughs) six months or, you know, we've got to plan it really far out for us to get together. And I kind of want to like flip that and say, put the invitation out. It can even be at the last minute. Hey, we made um, too much for dinner or, you know, we're going to have extra. I'm going to make extra on Friday night. Why don't you guys just pop on over? You can put the expect, put that invitation out there with no expectation and that kind of casual gathering. Oh my goodness. Can lead to some of the closest relationships when you do that, finding togetherness with people that have space in their lives for this. And that kind of naturally will happen if you are putting the invitation out there and who will, who, who really has the need to respond will respond. Yeah. The people that are supposed to be there are going to be there. right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. And so um, you can always invite and then just kind of hold loosely to what kind of response you'll get. And there's um, an air of playfulness. You probably experienced this in your own, you know, with your children. Um, oh man, a last minute play date. Fabulous. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, those are some of the most fun. And also I can think back of times we'll go to church on Sunday or something. And then some people will just come over after, and then they're there until like 11 o'clock at night on the school <laughs> night, because it was spontaneous, but man, we all just needed that time around each other to catch up and uh, relate and help and share and encourage and all of it. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, I think those can be some of our most um, intimate times of togetherness yeah. it is when it's actually not perfectly planned and it's last minute. That's yeah. beautiful. And then the other thing it kind of reminds me of is that we can't allow for moments of spontaneity like that if mm-hmm. our calendars are packed to the gills and every yeah. single moment of our life is planned and accounted mm-hmm. for so something that you also teach is about just creating margin right yeah so one of the things i talk about is if you're wanting to invite huga into your family one of the first things is just recognizing that you want to weave in these principles of intentionality and one of the biggest ways you can do that is to leave margin in your schedule. It's really hard, I think, nowadays to do that. And especially as your kids move further into school age, mine are still kind of young. You know, we have a second grader and a new kindergartner. It looks kind of, almost kind of countercultural. It means saying no sometimes and not in a no, like, no, we don't want to do that. We just, um, I have to weigh things, is this aligned with what our overall um, values are as a family? And we really value having margin in our schedule. And sometimes that means a not right now answer, or that's not for us. I just recently had to do this with my second grader. There was an activity that he really wanted to do. I really wanted him to do it too. I thought it would be really good for him. But um, the practices for this did not end until eight o'clock at night on a Monday. And for him, for him, that doesn't work. 
he is a kid that really thrives on being in bed, lights out at 730. Um, He's not got the flexibility to do those late night bedtimes. My youngest, just being the youngest, (laughs) is a little more flexible by default. I think sometimes our second or third child, they're just built that way. That's how it is in my house too. But my oldest does not like that. And so, um, yeah, that's that part of that leaving that margin um, is not over scheduling ourselves. And I really went through this discovery of leaving margin um, kind of coincided with the discovery of learning about Huga. And when Huga came to me and I actually I have a sheet in my journal from that time of um, this bubbled up desire for margin. And I wrote down what that would look like if I had margin in my life in many different areas. And sometimes we just think of it as just our schedule, mm-hmm. um, but it can flow over to other parts of our lives. And I found that when we do have that margin um, around our time, it leads to me being able to respond to my kids in the way that I desire back to what we talked about, this vision for motherhood that we have, um, that I can respond in a way that's more thoughtful, that's kinder, that's gentler, that um, I'm able to teach them, you know, those teachable moments that pop up. Um, It just, yeah, it looks a little bit different and um, it's maybe not the pace that everyone else is going. Um, you've probably seen that I've shared on social media um, recently about um, honoring your pace. Mm. And that came from um, a mom that was a few steps ahead of me when I had my oldest. And she said, your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it until after the birth of my second Um that my mileage was going to vary and my mileage was going to look different than you and then the other mom next to us and the other mom. And that's okay. We're all on our own journeys. We're going at our own p- pace. Mm-hmm. Say peace. Because I find <laughs> so good. Yeah. I find that when we honor our pace, we honor our peace as well. Beautiful. Yeah, our mileage will vary. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that one down and just keep that as a as a constant reminder because it's true. Whether I feel like so many times we just expect or think we're gonna be doing certain things or at certain places by certain times. Um, and so much of this it is. It's 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 mindfulness and just changing your pace, right? And slowing it down and having the, the mental capacity, the emotional capacity, and then just the literal time to be able to do the things that are important mm-hmm. to you and your family. It's really, it is countercultural, but I love it. I think it's so helpful. Yeah. So important. And you know, you probably see this in your own children that when we do go, 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 um, they get burned out. Yeah. Um, it's funny. COVID came with so many difficulties as we were transitioning the world opening up again. One of the things I did not expect was my children um, being comfortable with doing less. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about that. 
<laughs> one of the ways you may laugh at this, this manifested um, for my youngest is I would say, hey, do you guys want to go out for dinner tonight? You know, do you want to go here? And he would say, can we just door dash it? <laughs> Stay on. And he just got really comfortable with like, why do we have to go there? Like, can we stay in our little cozy nest? Um, and I, you know, had to kind of laugh at that, that he had suddenly become, um, he, you know, he had this hunger for, uh, I don't actually want to just always go and do. And um, yeah, I just found that really surprising. Mm. Um, tonight, uh, we're actually going to our state fair after school. They're so pumped and excited. <laughs> and they said, why do we have to go to school? Can't we just like go to the fair? All day? <laughs> and I thought I have not told them this, but I'm going to go pick them up early from school and Aww. just kind of surprise them. Um, and, you know, I know they're going to be so they're going to be overjoyed that they wouldn't get out of school early and that too, we're going to the fair like straight, straight away. But um, yeah, that's one of those sweet little seasonal things that we've come to expect the state fair is always the same like last two weeks of august for us and it's just something we do every year the only year we've not done it was of course 2020 um but yeah it's just a family tradition that they've come to know and expect ever since they could just be worn around in the little baby carrier special i love it traditions like that are just they're so important, I think, to our kids' identity, to like just who we are and what we do in our family and the sense of like even the routine or the expectation of it brings so much security and mm-hmm. and uh, comfort and love. Um, we had talks before, too, just about traditions mm-hmm. in general, and you were telling me how you kind of categorize them in your family, again, to just bring more mindfulness and intentionality behind it. So can you share with us a little bit about that, just traditions and how they relate to Huga, and then maybe some ideas for some moms who are like, I want more traditions with my family, but I'm not really sure where to start. Yeah. So one of the things, um, you know, we talked about Huga as a lifestyle, and I soon discovered that around that cozy aesthetic expectation of Huga that we, when I would speak about it, like, well, that's just for like fall, winter. And I was like, no, 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 no. Who goes for all seasons? And here are ways that you can practice um, weaving Huga principles all year long. And so in our own family, you know, we have daily moments of togetherness. Um, one of, you know, the things, you know, at carpool, um, I don't ask my kids how their day was. I ask them, what was your favorite thing that happened today? I make that they just know <laughs> that so that's going to be the question. And then the other thing we do is, um, you know, you're looking for those moments of togetherness. And so daily, I want to see that I'm connecting with them. And so another special place that just is between um, myself and them, you know, this can look different for each role that a parent plays, but we have something called nighttime chats. It's like pillow talk for kids. That's how I think of it. (laughs) And so um, that is especially important for my youngest. He like really hungers for that um, nighttime chat and that connection at the end of the day to share with me. And it's usually not even a review of his day for him. It's him sharing what his dreams 
and hopes are. Um, lately, it's been this game that he plays and what he's building and what he wants to build next. <laughs> um, so yeah, daily, we have those times of togetherness. Weekly, something that our family does, um, we do a family movie night typically on Fridays. Um, we get really intentional about that in the holiday season. So starting after Halloween, that next Friday, we watch Christmas movies every Friday night. And oh my goodness, it's getting to share part of my childhood with my children. And um, it's something that like they have their favorite Christmas movies. You know, last year, um, they really found a love for the Santa Claus movie. And so that's just something they know. Oh, it's family movie night. And also we might get to eat down in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) It's really exciting for them. That's where our television is. Um, and then um, seasonally, um, the we have traditions, you know, we do the state fair, but that um, also looks like in the spring season, we garden together. And I've done that with my children since they were little. Um, we compost year round. And so we prep the soil together. We are planting the seeds together. We're picking what we're going to plant and um, that's grown as they've grown. It started out with just a few pots when my oldest was really little. And it's grown to where now we have two small um, square uh, vegetable beds. Wow. And that is something that we get to do together. Um, it's finding, okay, how can we build excitement and expectation for each season? And so... I really look forward to this with them. And there are things that I know as they grow and um, their world expands, I hope these are traditions that we can also come back to. Um, And that really becomes part of um, their story of home and security. Oh, I love that. It's like listening to that what I'm feeling is like the warm and fuzzies. And that to me is like, when I hear you talk about Huga, that's the whole point is to just be able to create moments where like everyone has the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks messy, you know, um, something that I talk about, it's not, it doesn't have to look perfect. You know, I invite them to the process and I know that I'm going to have to prime myself for two expectations. One, it's probably going to take longer than if I had done it myself. And two, it's probably going to be a little bit messier than if I had just done it myself. But these are sweet moments of togetherness. Um, I invite my kids since they were little and we had one of those little um, learning towers, you know, kitchen helpers. They were helping me in the kitchen cook, you know, a lot of times that's just stirring something. Um, But as they've grown, um, that's become something that we just do together. And um, my youngest especially loves to be in the kitchen. Uh He um, makes our guacamole. He loves to smash it. And, you know, so he knows what goes into the guacamole now. And those are times that like, I just savor those so much because I know this season um, of them being little and doing those things alongside me, that's going to look different in 10 years. But I hope that we still carry forward some of this as they get older and that they can join me side by side as they grow. 
Yeah. And then I love the idea of these traditions even carrying on. Like I can picture your boys doing these things with their families one day. And it's like, it's just this beautiful tradition of really just connecting with the people that you love. Definitely. Definitely. That these are things that um, this is what we do in our household. And we can invite, we can keep this just for our nuclear family. And we can also invite other people into that journey. When I host playdates. Um, this probably sounds really crazy. Um, I feel like sometimes the other moms are like, wow, I can't believe that you're doing that. But I will typically when I host a playdate um, for like a larger group of their friends, um, sometimes I have scheduled this because I have a little more flexibility in my schedule. I will schedule this for those like kind of random school breaks or these teacher work days because I know that other parents maybe don't have that flexibility and I want to be that that's a way that I can serve them. Um, it's also a way selfishly <laughs> to keep my kids entertained. They've got um, some friends and playmates over. I invite their kids to the kitchen too. So the most popular one is make your own pizzas. And I literally just go and Trader Joe's has dough in the refrigerated section. I divide that. That dough usually makes about three pizzas that are kid size. And then I just pull all the toppings out on the table and the kids love it. Love it. They make their own pizzas is exactly what they want to eat. And put them in the oven. And um, yeah, it becomes just like a really fun time for even them to experience this and just share with their friends that like, this is what I like on my pizza. And what are you having? And um, just, it's kind of a, a simple way to invite them also into this time of togetherness. Yeah. That's what I, I, the kind of the theme that I keep hearing through all of this is like, it can be simple, right? It doesn't have to yeah. be overcomplicated or produced. Like you're right. Just being, mindful and then welcoming well how many beautiful memories and moments you can create together where's a good place to kind of start for someone who wants to really explore all of this and and really be more mindful about sure sure so um a couple things i put together a course actually um on that kind of it's a short course it can walk you through about how you create togetherness and create a home of gathering um, within your within your own family. And so I walk through about what this looks like practically. I walk through kind of the philosophy behind it and try to make it something that's very tangible and easy and approachable for moms. Um, so that's definitely one. And within that, I have some resources that um, moms can connect with. You know, at the end of the day, it does not need to be something that's overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. I think we've hit on some of it as far as just recognizing it raises our intentionality immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, just recognizing that, like, hey, I want more moments of meaningful connection and togetherness with my family and having this posture of curiosity. What does that look like for our family? Yeah. That kind of slows it down of um, being open to what that answer is going to be. And it's likely going to look different now than it maybe did in the previous season. And then it's going to look like in the future. 
it's not a one size fits all. And I think that's one of the things that really connects with me is that it can grow and expand with us. Mm, that's great. It can be whatever we need it to be mm-hmm. at whatever time. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so the course, tell us about it. How yeah. can they access it? Where can they find it? Mm-hmm. So the course is available over on Motherly. It's on their platform. Um, they just launched um, a whole bunch of courses over there. And so we are one of the courses available. It's called How to Who Go with Families. You can find that on my Instagram. If you follow me, it's um, at the Huga Gathering and Huga is H-Y-G-G-E. So it's at the Huga Gathering and we have the link actually in my bio. Um, you can also check out my website and um, there are resources on there. I um, Right now we have a resource up about how to host fall gatherings. And if you sign up for our email list, I send freebies, um, you know, how to basically curate Huga in that season in your home, you know, to be a help. I, one of the words that I came to dislike as a new mom was just, you just need to do this. I, you, if you just did this. So I am quite honest about I don't have all the answers about what this looks like for your family, for togetherness. I have some guides and you can explore those. Oh, I love that. That's really good. I will put, um, for those of you listening, I'll put a link to your IG and your website and then also directly to the motherly course in the show notes too. So for the people that are looking for that, we can make it really easy for them to find. And then I love that. It, it, it really does take so much of the pressure off, not even just in gathering, but even in how this looks for your family and ways you can just, once you have that awareness, then you can start to just be more mindful and little by little, just find these moments, um, making sure you have time to connect uh, so much beauty. I'm sure that that comes from that. So I love it. I, I'm excited to learn about it uh, more and then just really start incorporating it in our family too. I'm excited to see um, how this looks and feel free to tag us. Um, I love to see how this is um, coming to life in other families. And, you know, I'm a boy mom. So sometimes our moments of togetherness look very different than my friends who, you know, have um, girls or just, you know, different levels of um, energy. So. Yeah. And even too, you kind of got me thinking when you were saying that Huga is not just for like the fall and winter, because I live in Miami and like I'm looking outside and it's just still green palm trees and blue skies and 90 degrees and it will be, you know, so I love that. Like I can still make my home feel warm and cozy, regardless of like where I live or how it looks outside or anything else going on. It really is a way of life, which I, which I think is so, um, exciting, I guess, that that it's always available to us. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. For um, all seasons and, you know, for wherever you live, you know, we take, we always go to the beach every summer. We try to make that a tradition and (laughs) I'm there weaving that into um, that experience as well um, because I don't want it to just be a time um, of just vacation. I really want us to relate in a different way. Um, and that can happen at the beach. It can happen on those hot summer days. So anywhere. Yeah. 
Cool. Like you said, where we can take the lead, right? We set the tone, we set the temperature. Yes. Yes. I think it's a beautiful reminder to every family and every mom to just take a deep breath and just be with your family and just like include people and make your space open and welcoming. And I think the fact that it feels counterculture is your power. That's your superpower. (laughs) So just keep running with it because I think we're all so desperate for that change of pace. And I think sometimes it can feel really overwhelming and we don't know where to start, but you're just giving people practical tools and handles to, to get started. And I think that's so needed. It's so important. So thank you. Well, thank you, Michelle. I appreciate those words. Um, yeah, moms are not alone. I think we have a little bit of this desire and this is um, hopefully a way to give language to that and say, hey, th- there's um, there's other people just like you that want to do this. Yeah, beautiful. That community comes back to it, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.